New change with the weather, weather Been low, but cheddar, cheddar But I've been doing better, better Hey guys, welcome back to Block Channel. We're back for episode 58, the last episode of the season for Season Freedom. Really excited to have the season to be over because we've been doing it for like six months. Because <laughs> I've had my head underwater um, working on stuff with the fun and handshake and writing and just generalized research. So I've just been underwater. Um, so now that I'm getting my head above water, I wanted to close out this season um and then uh kind of just move forward directly into the next season relatively shortly so the next season will be called season bull run which i'm really excited about uh, and uh but for this particular season we're going to be closing this out uh and like really kind of like talking about interoperability um kind of the technical layers to do that who's working on that um kind of like what are some like you know uh, developers who are very close to those projects uh, and those those concepts and, and what they think about that. Um, so that being said, uh, you know, I'm back again for episode 58 with Dr. Corey Petty and Dimitri Ferguson, so my very faithful co-hosts who respond to my text messages and set up these things very last <laughs> very last minute for me. What's up, guys? Dr. Corey Petty here. Always happy to be here. Always happy to talk. Looking forward to it. Yep. The year, Demetri from the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Love coming here on Block Channel, and uh, good to be back. It's been awesome. a while. Closing that freedom up. <sighs> Closing that freedom. That was a long time coming, but freedom's worth it. <laughs> freedom's really worth it. All right. So of course, you know, we're back again with uh, you know another set of great guests, uh, and, and the company we brought on today is uh, Chainsafe. Um, the CEO and the VP of engineering. Um, so that would be uh, uh, Aiden Hyman and Gregory Marco, um, respectively. Uh, and so we're going to have uh, them introduce themselves um, in a second. But, you know, kind of essentially what I want people to kind of rec- realize, like with this episode is that, um, you know, we're all working on the best ways to like scale systems. And one of the best means to scale systems, like right now, since we have all these great layer ones where they're just like variable different, like, you know, limitations, transaction speed, like, you know, uh, uh, speed to finality, et cetera, et cetera, all these different sort of different extendability limitations and potential. And so those that are working really on how to like interoperate those layers are very important because that's how we continue to sort of like build and compound on top of this like infrastructure and this foundation. Um, so without any more discussion, um, Aiden and Gregory, can you guys, whatever order you'd like to go, um, just sort of introduce yourselves to the audience, let us know who you are, uh, how you got into the space initially, how long you've been here, um, and then we'll go into learning more about your company. Hey, so I'm Greg, uh, VP Engineering at Chainsafe. Um, basically got into the space uh, officially around like 2017, early, just like buying and holding a bit of uh, ETH and Bitcoin. Um, got interested in it and like back in 2012 probably when I had a kid in my math class kind of tell me about bitcoin surging and he was like yeah, you gotta buy this doge stuff but i had no idea what he was doing thought it was all scam so that was like my intro and when i started following the space you know i saw urbit a little bit and then um, basically uh, my, my real entry is 2017 and i started developing kind of later that year uh, when i met up met aiden and uh, the rest of the chain safe crew yeah that was a lot of fun um yeah so hey my name is aiden uh see you at chain safe um, I entered the space when my best friend from high school and I started mining at the beginning of Ethereum. 
um, we had just been around um, a bunch of people who had been interested in the technology um, and then yeah dropped out of school <laughs> to do um, the only thing that I ever really found myself to be really good at and uh, uh, really passionate about which is kind of decentralized systems and organizing people um, around an idea that we can you know, create some kind of uh, yeah, the systems that allow for equilibrium amongst the participants. So, I guess, how did your forces combine to, to make Chainsafe? Tell us a little bit about the origins of Chainsafe. Tell us about the fusion, the process. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're actually, a, uh, we were a group of uh, five partners at the beginning, um, and most of us met at the local Ethereum developers meetup that we now co-organize. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was really just a bunch of people who were there who, you know, loved this technology more than anything. And really, we uh, came together because we wanted to build things and realized that we really couldn't build the things that we dreamed of building um, with this decentralized technology because the infrastructure just isn't there. Um, and so we, our mission from the beginning is really to you know, build out open source infrastructure that actually empowers developers to realize the things that we all dreamed of building when we entered the space. Um, because, you know, we, we did think the technology, you know, I, I, when we all entered, um, I know at our respective times, I'm sure we thought we would be able to do things a lot quicker than it ended up being. Yeah, let's tell, tell me about that. Like what do you consider infrastructure and what was lacking or what is still lacking? And uh, why do you think that, like, why was that not there in the first place? Yeah, I mean, like, from my perspective, you know, and what we noticed a lot of was that it was really siloed. You know, like, two people know how to do this. Two people know how, like, the entire, like, Go Ethereum stack work. Two people know how MetaMask work, right? And, like, everything got so siloed out that there was even like too much demand and people couldn't do things. At one point, I think back in like October, like right after ETH Waterloo, MetaMask had like a thousand open tickets and like they were trying to be managed by like what, four or five people? And, like, oh man. You, you know what I mean? It's like that type of stuff, that part of the infrastructure where there just wasn't enough knowledge share on what all the systems are doing and who knows it was like, for me, one of the big things, like we gotta learn how these systems work so that we can also help contribute and like, you know, then find optimizations or tooling we can build around them. Got it. That makes a lot. That makes a lot of sense. So I mean, uh, you know, that being said, like you know, that's one of the main issues with you know a lot of these like early development communities is all the esoteria locked up around these early projects, and a lot of these early developers and contributors like definitely, like, as you said, just don't have the resources and the means to be able to disseminate all those different like educational resources and you know what what really a lot of folks need is some limited and some extended like hands on like uh, you know mentorship and actually to get caught up to speed because the the learning curve can be bearish, uh, you know, steep. So that being said, like, what are you guys working on directly at Chainsafe to kind of, like, you know, help like assist um, these problems? For sure. So <clears throat> I would say <clears throat> there are four kind of uh, main, uh, large projects that we're currently working on um, that we'd love to talk more about. Mm -hmm. uh, one of them, which Greg leads, well, Greg mm -hmm. leads most of things, but one of them uh, <laughs> yeah, is uh, Lodestar, and so Lodestar is the uh, assembly script, sorry, the TypeScript uh, ecosystem for um, ETH 2.0, so it's mm -hmm. a beacon chain client 
um, and all the tooling necessary to do whatever it is you're going to want to do in browser, um, mm -hmm. so like client and all. Um, and another really exciting project is a Golang implementation of the Polkadot runtime environment. Um, mm -hmm. So we received uh, the first grant from the Web3 Foundation to build out um, basically a piece of software that allows developers to build out parachains or really any blockchains in general, but in mm -hmm. Go. Um, as opposed to substrate, which is in Rust. Um, and then an, uh, two kind of more recent projects that we've started working on, um, one being the Go Ethereum client for Ethereum Classic, um, and another uh, being uh, Ethermint, which is very on tender um, built with the Cosmos SDK. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. So you guys literally have your hands in all these buckets. So, I mean, so how do you, how did you come to the decision to work on these different chains uh, and kind of, and what, and what were they satisfying as far as like interoperability? Like, is it more so let's take, let's take the nice consulting bucks where we can get them, or is it more so uh, we have a, like a vision here on how these sort of Lego pieces snap together? I mean, our, our vision is very much that the only thing that has been proven is that developers are excited by this technology and are going to build, you know, new and exciting things with it. Mm -hmm. um, whether or not that technology is at a point where it's ready to be done right now, I'm not sure um, mm -hmm. yet really to see anything kind of hit mass adoption. But where for us, we kind of really, um, you know, this idea of interoperability really matters so much to us. Um, comes from most of our, our work um, has mm -hmm. been in implementing sidechains, so mostly Ethereum-based sidechains, um, and then uh, deploying a piece of like a piece of software, like a bridge that allows for interoperability. Um, and this was, you know, a year and a half, two years ago that some of these projects we kind of started working on. Um, and this was at a time where, you know, there the idea of interoperability was very, very small and very specific. It was very much about, you know, swapping things from place to place. Um, and so naturally when, uh, when Polkadot started to become um, something more stable for us, it was just a natural way to actually build the things that we're building every day without use, utilizing technology that was not meant for application specific use cases, but mm -hmm. was made for a generalized smart contracting platform. So, I mean, some of the projects we worked on was uh, you know, implementing an opcode in Geth mm -hmm. as, or a, a series of opcodes that did certain things because they wanted these specific functions. But, you know, utilizing something like Gossamer, which is our implementation of the Polkadot runtime environment, you know, those things are actually meant to be done from the ground up. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, it was very natural for us to, to kind of con uh, start contributing to these uh, newer kind of blockchains as they became uh, more present. Yeah. Nice. I, 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 go ahead, D. Uh, I, no, you should probably go first because my <laughs> question you should go first. Yeah, I'm kind of curious because like, you started out and you, you have a lot of experience in a bunch of different chains um, doing various things and including connecting chains together using various like the, the technologies available to each one, each individual one. Uh, I'd imagine during that process, it came to the conclusion of this sucks. Like the, the the way I have to do this is not a good way to do this, and it's not going to be implemented in the future. Uh, and then you can then start to see once you see it's like you can make it work, but it's not maybe feasible or efficient, or it, it, you can't expand from that. And then you see 
maybe something down the road of how this could potentially work. Is that why you're moving to Polkadot, or is that just the best thing that's currently available? Um, do you see these other, uh, I guess, blockchains trying to interact with each other, basically stagnant, and they can't, they're not going to be able to move forward? Kind of like, where do you go from there? Yeah, I mean, like, um, yeah, I mean, it, general bridging in itself is is a very inefficient. Um, we we've seen that like happen on a bigger scale too, because of Gurley when we deployed that and yeah. the bridge that we saw like, oh, you know, this used to this is a lot of like volume going through, and you know, there's a lot of things that can be fixed up like decentralizing and whatnot. Um, we're we're not moving to Polkadot by any means, but I mean, like, we're doing a lot of work there just because naturally there's like this whole ideology around bridging. Um, and we have the opportunity to help develop it in its infancy. Um, but like we're looking at, I mean, like that's what Ethermint does as well, right? Ethermint has this idea of like basically bridging Ethereum based, like an EVM into the Cosmos ecosystem. Um, and they, they do it through a different way, uh, I, IBC. Um, and, you know, like there's a lot of different methods in which people have been, um, we've been seen now on how to bridge. Um, and it ultimately, I think, comes down to your use case, right? Um, you know, the classic bridge that, you know, you deploy from like an EVM to an EVM chain, like on Ethereum, like Ethereum to like a side chain mm-hmm. um, that we use on like Gurley is like perfectly like sufficient for like the need, right? So it depends on like how decentralized and like how much functionality you're trying to get out of it. Um, yeah, like to kind of go with like the latter part of your question, um, mm-hmm. we work here to solve people's problems. <clears throat> First and foremost, with the best technology that's available to solve those problems. I mean, I'm in this space because um, a lot of this technology empowers people to disintermediate things that are asymmetrically set up right now in our world. And I just don't believe that um, a singular chain is going to be the thing that disintermediates everything. That just doesn't make any sense. Um, So from our perspective, I mean, we're very much focused on solving people's problems with the best technologies that make sense for them. Um, and all of these things provide different security guarantees, different people have different um, reasons for wanting to do things. Uh, and we're here just to you know, be blocked. Yeah, what I like about that approach is that objective, an empirical kind of perspective. Sorry. Sorry, you cut out a little bit. I thought you were done. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, like, I, I love that like, a good part about the approach that you all take and, and taking a large swath of the various technologies that are currently available and working on them gives you a really unique perspective of um, how things work, what what the current environment and those systems are, and where things could maybe be useful uh, like everywhere else. So as you kind of move, as you, as you grow as a, as a company and, and gather more and more experience, you're going to have a very, very uh, metered opinion on how things work and what to do. And that, that's, not, that's not something you see very often in the blockchain space. Usually it's quite cultish and, and narrow-minded. I really appreciate you saying that. I mean, we like to say that a lot of people in our space have the wrong skin in the game. Um, and we get to kind mm-hmm, of, mm-hmm. yeah, that objective perspective. Um, Greg, for example, has a really cool talk that he gave at EdCon um, about, you know, what really a lot of these open source projects look like under the hood. And it looks pretty collaborative in terms of dependencies that these projects use. Um, and that's something that we don't really take seriously, that at the end of the day, these are open source projects that, you know, the there's a, such a need to share knowledge across um, and that, you know, how can it be zero somewhere where, again, we just haven't hit that, that mass use yet. And we just really don't know what technology is going to make sense at the end of the day. 
just that decentralized systems obviously do. Yeah, you guys seem to be very, uh, very well educated, very well versed in the space, and I definitely applaud your developer emotional intelligence for being able to kind of understand that you need there needed to be a team. There was a room for a team to have a very like interoperable perspective, a very chain agnostic perspective, and basically just looking at the space and was like, all right, what the hell needs to be built to make all this stuff work neatly together? And I like you guys' approach a lot. So that being said, you seem to be one accomplishing a lot, but do you have like kind of the, do you have the numbers to do the types of things you guys are envisioning? Like how many people does it take for a shop that you, I'm assuming you're like mostly like Golang or like kind of like how, what, what type of developers do you guys have and how many? Yeah, so we're, we're a group of 26 people. Oh shit. Nice. With, uh, <laughs> with uh, t- 20 of us basically developers, um, nice. where, yeah, I mean, our the goal of each and every one of those people is to contribute to open source infrastructure on a daily basis. Um, these are people who contribute to all levels of the, you know, blockchain stack. And I mean this kind of not necessarily in the, te- the traditional tech stack, more, you know, in a sense that... Um, we have people who are, you know, working on cryptography on a day-to-day, um, networking, like mm-hmm. a lot of our works with IP, uh, with Lip2P, with, uh, you know, Wasm stuff, um, you know, with Polkadot, there's a lot of Wasm stuff. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's just, uh, there's so much, like Greg is working on assembly script for one of, you know, four projects that are sponsoring the assembly script uh, team. So, I mean, it just really, you know, we're, we're trying to, for our, from our perspective, really focus on the things that we think will actually allow for mass scale. Um, and so, yeah, that's why our focus is assembly script, TypeScript, uh, Go, um, because we think you know, these things and our team is able to kind of do all of those things and not really um, have to be too concerned. That's awesome. Yeah, that's good. That's good stack that you guys have like fallen into. I definitely, you know, I like how the different camps have their different focuses, TypeScript, Go, and then we have a lot of the Rust tooling side with Parity and et cetera. So, you know, having all these different camps too also brings in more and more different, you know, breadth of developers um, from various different levels, from juniors to seniority. Um, and so I think, you know, the, 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 the greater your reach for the most popular like frameworks and languages also too just sort of shows that you guys are really trying to like have one step like forward and try to really like push things so i applaud you for that question you know, though nice how appreciate you, you saying how do you pay how do you, for it how do you, how do you, how, do you <laughs> how do you support 26 developers in the blockchain space on open source research and development excellent mcdoubles yeah. so we <laughs> so i mean we we started out with five partners uh, and you know, we incorporated our company to do our first client work um, and then continue to do so. The stuff that we do is, um, yeah, is so, yeah, some of our research and development, for example, has been assisted through grants, um, but most of our work is for clients. Um, so we've been recipients of grants from uh, the Ethereum Foundation, the Ethereum Community Fund, the Ethereum Classic Cooperative, the Web3 Foundation, the Interchain Foundation. Dude, there's a trophy for that somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's an achievement. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we also like, do uh, a ton of client work as well. Um, like, I'll be totally honest with you. It's really the client work that gets us a, in a place where we're learning new stuff and just really attacking problems because it's such a privilege to get to solve people's problems on a daily basis and really not necessarily have to, um, yeah, not have to worry about um, anything but you know solving these problems. Yeah, I'm familiar with that space. It is fun working with clients. 
do a little service services for him. I I do have a question though. I'm the I'm always the um, outsider when it comes to like developers because I'm not a developer. Don't choose to be. And I'm looking at Ethermint. I want to take it back to Ethermint and you. Um, there's something in here about hard spoon enablement. So I've got three questions. Uh, one, what's a hard spoon? Two, is it different than what I do with my girlfriend on the weekends? And three, <laughs> um, what? Why did you choose to enable it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <What> questions D. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it, what it is is it's ultimately the the pro like the the high level way. It's the process of basically taking state from. So the idea is they're going to take like Ethereum state, um, and it's the same like as a hard fork in the sense of like yes, you know you're you're not we're not splitting the Ethereum chain, but we're taking the state at one point, checkpointing it. Um, and then it becomes now available within the Cosmos ecosystem um, through like Cosmos SDKs, basically as its own like chain. And at this point, it follows forward. But the main difference is like the account data is totally different, right? So like people that have stake in the Cosmos ecosystem now have like stake inside of like this uh, snapshotted Ethereum state. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I imagine it could get pretty messy if you're not careful though. Um, well, essentially, you just yeah, well, yeah. I mean, if it, as you said for number two, if it's with your girlfriend, yeah, you got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for knocking it down. I set you up just right. There you go. Um, well, thank you for, for clearing that up for me because I've, I've hard fork, soft fork. I hadn't seen hard spoon before, or maybe I haven't just kind of ignored it, but it just kind it's of stuck kind of a out. Choice. The big difference here is that it's like a choice for you to migrate over. It's not kind of, hey, we've just forked a hard fork and now everyone gets everything in this new, new place. But it's a choice. You yeah. can migrate over. Um, and the beauty about it is that it will provide developers with the tools that they're used to, but within the Cosmos ecosystem. Nice. Sure. Yeah. So I guess I guess to kind of just really round out this discussion, and since you've been working with pretty much every chain that matters uh, thus far, kind of what has been one of the more important lessons that you've learned from interacting with all these different, like, you know, developer groups, uh, aside from the fact that everyone has, you know, their own ulterior set of material motives and you know motivations for why they want to build their own chain but what maybe what have you learned like consistently across all the groups uh love and compassion and uh you know not be hateful uh that no but uh yeah no i mean for us you know it's been just about seeing who wants to build cool stuff and that's mm-hmm. the common theme is that people are really trying to build technology that solves real world problems um, and, you know, in these newer kind of ecosystems, even with kind of the ETH 2.0 world, that with a lot of these new ecosystems, you know, you're seeing finally uh, the infrastructure being built out, knowing the problems in advance. Um, and that's really common amongst a lot of these projects. Um, and they're also providing different value to the users who are building on top of it. Um, different security guarantees, different structures, um, different consensus, diff- a whole bunch of different things. And just to reiterate uh, an earlier point, we honestly believe that you know we cannot disintermediate with one chain to win all. Um, that just doesn't make any sense. Agreed 100%. Um, and so we, we really are excited about um, yeah being able to work with different people and yeah being technology focused first and foremost. 
based on based on that and and what you're seeing uh being built and contributing to uh, you're saying you're building a lot of the infrastructure required to actually make real change in the world um but it takes a long time for that change to take effect even when the infrastructure is there and based on what like your knowledge of what's being built and what needs to be built um how much longer do we have to go like when do you start seeing these things make um real contribution into uh, people's lives or them being able to utilize this stuff without really understanding it, but it's making an impactful change in their life. From, from our perspective, we really do believe that there are just so many things missing from the core infrastructure. Um, when you look at what makes web 2.0, so made web 2.0 so successful, it wasn't that only uh, PhDs and computer scientists and, you know, the brightest and best were able to build apps. It was because everyone was empowered to just build out what they wanted to build. They could go read a web development for dummies and go and build an app. Um, and that is kind of something that is missing in our space right now. You know, there really isn't the ability for any developer to be empowered to build anything. Yeah, and like I think the big other, and this is where I'll like show for my talk. I mean, we've in the last year seen a huge increase in just developments in general, especially just like isolating the Ethereum community. I mean, the amount of stuff that's been built this year is like pretty incredible. Um, but you know, as we look at other chains and like as we're building with other people, we notice like the talent that everybody has is incredible and there's just this whole view of like, we cannot talk with them. You know, we shouldn't be communicating with them or collaborating with them. And as soon as we start to break that barrier of like being able to cross collaborate and sh actually truly share resources and like not feel weird about, you know, NPM installing, you know, uh, like a Bitcoin library into my Ethereum project. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I think that's when we'll start to see it because we'll see exponential growth in developer tooling that could work cross chain. And that's what's huge. Totally. Right is when we get to that point where I, as like an ETH, my ETH2 team can go and collaborate with like, you know, a Cosmos team and a Polkadot team to like work on how we're going to go and, you know, make some new dev tool that's going to help us better analyze our stuff in browser, for instance. That's when we'll see like the mass growth, in my opinion, um, of like in usability and everything. Totally. Until then, we're just isolating resources and it's a complete waste where we could be sharing. Love that. I mean, yeah, right. love, yeah. love, the, love the vision, love the ethos, guys. You got it. You guys got it all figured out. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. I would. I, no, 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 you got the mindset. We just got to copy paste it. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't mind, I, I, I would just like to make one, one more point about that. Okay. You know, right now, to build stuff in this space, you have to be a subject matter expert. You know, there is no person coming in and just hacking something together and then throwing it on the mainnet. That really doesn't happen. You have to be you know, a subject matter expert, clear cut. Um, and we believe that until that changes, you know, there is no mass adoption. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it, guys. I really, yeah, like I said, I think you guys got it all figured out. And hopefully, you know, the listeners tuning in um, kind of like can take those sentiments and you know, hopefully kind of compound them into their own mental models because, you know, we all are kind of ingrained and, we, you know, we are entrenched financially and socially into all these different, you know, variable chains. But it's important that we remember that we need to be agnostic. Um, you know, kind of uh, to kind of different like tribalistic like leanings and be able to just like focus and hone in on those that are working to make this stuff work best interoperably. 
Um, and so, you know, again, so thank you, gentlemen, for uh, coming on the show. But before we leave out of here, is there anything you want the audience to know about what you guys are working on on Chainsafe or anything to look forward to or kind of just where to learn more about what you guys are doing? I mean, I would love to say that, you know, we're always looking for people to join our team. Mm -hmm. um, the best way to do that is to just start contributing um, and, you know, check out what we're doing, um, create issues, try and run our code and just kind of get involved with the things that we're doing. Um, if, if you want to write Go assembly script and TypeScript all day, um, yeah, reach out to us and we'd, <laughs> we'd love to make that happen. Um, you know, we're, we love building awesome systems, and so if that's something you like to do, um, yeah, let's talk. And any final words from you, Greg? Anything? Words of wisdom? Thank you for having us, by the way. This is Oh, of awesome. course. Of course, man. Thank you for coming on and taking the time. It's a short notice. Yeah, no worries. Thank you. I mean, like the only thing I, I Aiden covered everything. Um, I, I can't touch on that more. Uh, but feel free to reach out to me again, like in regards to like wanting to, you know, join the team or like contribute um, at Greg the Greek. Uh, and I mean, the only other thing is stay tuned because like uh, I'm going to be hopefully I'm going to be presenting. Not hopefully I will be presenting uh, in at Berlin Blockchain Week the uh, stats on the cross chain collaboration stuff that I've been talking about sort of like a part two to the EdCon speech. So that should be really exciting. Um, and like hopefully kind of like really push that whole vision of, you know, being able to communicate with one another peacefully. Awesome. Well, thank you again, gentlemen. Thank you for all of your knowledge. Thank you for all your assistance. And again, thank, thank you for all your 22 to 26 other developers that you work with <laughs> on a normal day-to-day -day basis too for all like their hard work that'll eventually kind of make us all talk in more ways than one. Um, so yeah, again, thank you. Perfect. And uh, um, uh, Petty, uh, do you think there's anything you want to add before we get out of here? Keep doing what you're doing because it's necessary. Yep, I got nothing. Keep making stuff because we need more stuff to be made. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for having us. Yep, it's been a pleasure. Guys. You guys have a great day and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, you as well. Peace, y'all. I don't want no sympathy. I just want my brother back. And all that feeling sorry for myself, shit, I'm done with that. Especially now, I didn't know you was under P. R. E. Double S. Sure, you had a lot on your plate, but you never stressed. I mean, at least from my perspective, you look fine to me. Steve, wonder all the signs I was too blind to see. When I was broke, you always put me together. When I was low, you always pushed me to get up. When I was down, you told me to pick my head up. That's why I love you forever. Thought you was always strong. That's why I heard I couldn't see you. Mood change with the weather, weather. Been low on my cheddar.